This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're coming to you by Anything Is Possible, AIP.media. And I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here very relaxed because we have another game coming up. They're coming, as they say, cliche time, thick and fast. The games are coming thick and fast, and uh, actually, we've got one game under our belt in December that you may argue... That we actually weren't going to get a point against when you looked at the team that was out there. Now Ivan Tony, the injuries that we got, so we got a t- we got a point. Arguably, we should have got a three points. We're talking about the game at Ellen Road on Sunday, where we were ninety four minutes in on three points, and then the ninety fifth minute struck bong, and unfortunately Bamford's knee came in, and he gave the Leeds a point which they didn't deserve. Like I said, I'm Billy Grant, and I'm sitting here with the Laney man in the house. Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm a bit cold, mate. It's, it's, it's a bit grim out there, but uh, yeah, warm, warm, warm in here, and uh, looking forward to. I really am looking forward to the Watford game on Friday night. Actually, um, I, I prefer the Fridays to the Sunday fixtures, and I think um, you know it's starting to get a little bit festive, and it's all I think all all our lot are going. So um, I think it'll be a couple of nice drinks before the game, and then a bit of Friday night football, which is all good. Indeed, indeed, and like I said to you, Friday night football—it's one of those ones where I, oh, I can feel the feeling that people have taken half a day off work at least. You know, our Bradford fans are absolutely potty for it. Like you know, what I'm saying Christmas period, any excuse to go down the pub down the globe for a few drinks or wherever else you drink of course any other pubs are uh, uh, available of course like you know for a drink before the match so that's what you're going to do but listen we're going to get straight into this podcast because we uh, we decided actually to take one person out of this one and myself and Laney we're just going to chin mag between ourselves about the Watford match because we thought let's talk about the Watford match uh, let's talk about the Leeds match as well. well we'll briefly talk about the Leeds match we'll get the usual characters on we've got Will the Spreadsheet Wink is going to be on we've got JB talking about his facts and his fun as well and we've also got Mike from the Rookery End Watford podcast is going to talk to us about Watford but also we thought that we're going to bring you guys in guys and girls people who have been contributing who've been supporting who have been poking your nose in all over the place actually and we just it's just been so mad over the last couple of months that we haven't had time to give you props so we thought tell you something let's have a little bit of a section in the middle where we just talk about you guys and talk about the props that you've been giving us and let's see what else we can do to give up but anyway I'm going to take a little break going to come back in and we're going to talk about that 
Leeds match. So Sunday, if you check out the Weekend Review podcast, you will hear exactly how our weekend went, how our Sunday went when we went up to Leeds. We're not going to go on about it again because it's there. A really good podcast. It's, it's pretty short, you know, less than 50 minutes long. And it's a very brief, succinct summary of our trip up to Leeds, the good points, the bad points, as I said to you, the the key the key moment, you know, the the the, the, the B's uh, main player as well, and the Leeds main player as well. There's lots of elements in there you should definitely check out, and also you should definitely check out the post match podcast, which we're going to hear from the fans in a minute. But you can hear the full post match podcast where we talk to Leeds fans, we talk to Brentford fans as well directly after the final whistle. But you know, like I said to you, myself and Laney have already given our main takeaway, so we thought tell you something. What's easiest for you to go over and listen to what the fans had to say after the match Leeds fans and Bees fans in the stands, in the grounds in the streets after the match No, I can't break the iron off today, unfortunately should have three points but what can you say? But, you know, our time would have taken that and we scored two goals without Tony so, you know point of the road You know, if you look at it, when we got over the last minute disappointment it's, it's not too bad. I think the first 30 minutes we played so well, um, really high energy, pressed them. Um, and then the first goal was disappointing again. It was against the run of play. Second half, the boys put a ba- massive shift in. Canos' goal, Baptiste's got Baptiste, I think, played amazing. Really good to see him back. And just, I think we should have won that game. You got that first goal and you took over for a little bit. And it was some of the leads we've, we've seen over a few weeks where, yeah, we seem to just give it away let you dominate and it was difficult um i think we deserved it i'm always going to say we deserved the win i think you're going to probably say you probably should have held on it was it was difficult i can't dislike ponzi jansen and um listen we've we've had some great games with brentford over the years the last five years up and down brentford took their chances they're in the premiership so i have to take the chances in the way it goes and hopefully they stay up we stay up keep it going it was a it was a good game um it it scared it scared me when you scored two goals. I was like, oh, here we go again. Um, then Bamford getting that last minute. I thought, yeah, thank God. Yeah, we're pretty good at scoring late goals lately. Um, you're not you're not a bad side to be fair. When you scored the first, I was like, bloody hell, they're going to come back. They're they're coming back here. And then obviously with that second, I thought, oh no. You know what I mean? And yeah, none of either of us are not injuries have not been on our side for either of us lately so I think it's a decent point for both of us and obviously with our fixtures that we got next you know City Chelsea Arsenal Villa all them tough games I I would I'm happy with four points from two I thought we played great as a team very unlucky not to walk away with three points and I think that's going to put a bounce in our step for Friday night's game with Watford so there you have it, the fans, after the match. And, you know, we've talked about this loads. Uh, like I said to you, listen, just, just one more time we're going to go into this, Laney. It was a, it was a bigger game than I thought that this game was going to be. And, and, and also just thinking ahead, I don't want to wish this season away at all because we've got lots and lots of games to go. But like I said, in realisation that the Leeds game is the final game of the season, 
you know, our, our matches against Leeds, she could, this match against Leeds could be quite a big one, especially this one at the last game of the season, because, you know, you know, we're doing what we're doing. We're trying to keep our heads above water. You know, Leeds are trying to get their heads above water and, and it could be quite a key match looking at how we were matched up as well in that game, couldn't it? Yeah, it, it could be. Um, you know, I, I, I'm confident enough to think that, you know, we'll be safe before the final game, um, a long time before the final game. Uh, Leeds, I'm not quite so sure. Um, they, you know, they they got all their best players and they they, they didn't look very good at all. Um, they've got a couple of really toughies uh, coming up, and there's they clearly got beef with us. And the, funny enough, Bill, the beef continued yesterday. I had an, some unexpected beef in the um, in the service station in Oxford. Yorkshire beef. Yorkshire beef, yeah, no, Yorkshire puddings and, and rare beef, raw beef. Um, so I was going up to um, uh, Stourbridge for uh, an Aston Villa book launch event and um, I stopped off for a quick coffee and a sandwich at Oxford Services and um, I was queuing up for Starbucks, waiting for my coffee to be made for me and um, all of a sudden the quiet was was punctuated by some commentary and I, and I picked up the word canos and the commentary got louder and louder and I had my Brentford Covid mask on so I had my Brentford badge right over my face and um, I looked up and there was a bloke sitting there listening to the sky highlights of the game anyway he went and Canos makes it 2-1 to Brentford anyway so I said to the guy oh that's music to my ears mate and he looked at me and he went you what? and I went music to my ears mate I said I'm Brentford and just pointed to my the mask he went yeah, I'm Leeds. He goes, I'm just listening to the last minute equaliser. And I went, oh, you've put that on just for me, haven't you? You saw my badge and you've, you've put the highlights on just for me. I said, that's really sweet of you. And he just looks at me like daggers. And um, and uh, he said, uh, oh, you, you are, it's a good season for you, like, oh, isn't it? And I went, yeah, no, so far so good, mate. I said, relegation dogfight for you all the way though and just like walked away and it, he was not happy Bill he was not happy but <laughs> he just he put just put the he put it on he saw my badge on my face and he put the highlights on just see if he could wind me up so uh, did he wind you up were you wound up not particularly I thought it was just pathetic and then uh, I, I had the last laugh anyway so. yeah yeah no, no definitely listen look we look we, we talked about this so much on the post-match podcast. We talked about it in the weekend review. Listen, we all do the football banter. We all do that. We all support our different teams, you know. Um, you know, but listen, you know, Leeds, listen, it's fine. We know them. We've been with them for years. But I just, I, I do I do find it quite amazing because the fact is that we are, we know that we're Little Brentford. We know that we're bus stopping Hounslow. I mean, I know they had a go at us saying, oh, you know, you call yourselves bus stopping Hounslow. And it's almost like they don't understand the reason why we call ourselves bus stopping Hounslow. You know, for the people who may be listening, we're going to talk to you a little bit, about you a little bit later about, you know, we've got a load of new whistlers from around the world. And, you know, our rivals from West London, you know, thought they'd take the piss out of us by calling us a bus stopping Hounslow. And we turned it on his head when we first of all beat them in the same game they started singing that song and then we carried on and we actually started to actually own the song ourselves so that's why we call ourselves a bus stop in Hounslow Hounslow is a place in West London which is near Heathrow which is you know it's it's not unnecessarily a significant place but it's significant to us because it's very near to where our football team is but anyone else in the country would have never heard of Hounslow but they've now heard of it because we go around the country singing we are a bus stop in Hounslow like you know so that's the, that's the score now Leeds fans are turning around 
to us saying, oh, look at you, you know, you call yourselves a bus stop in Hounslow. It's like almost like you are, you know, you, you, you are trying to take ownership of this taking the piss yourself. And it's just kind of like, OK, that's fair enough. But there's jokes and we know all about jokes. If you've read Besotted, if you listen to what we do, if you've listened to any of our live events or gone to any of our live events, you know that we like a good joke. We know that we like to take the piss out of each other. And we have banter and whatever you may call it with ourselves and with fans up and down the country. Now, the thing about banter and the thing about jokes is they, they've got to be funny. <laughs> if they're not funny, it, does, it doesn't, just doesn't work, like, you know. And there's just this, like I said, we said it before with Leeds, there's this, just, this really strange kind of slightly nastiness about their kind of joking, which is like, it's not, it's not funny. I could joke with Middlesbrough, I could joke with Preston, I'll joke with, you know, any other team, and we'll have some jokes with them. But with Leeds, it's, it's just, it just always seems to be slightly different. And we always try to reach out to them and try to be kind of friendly and see what it is. But it's always this kind of superiority thing, you know, we're bigger than you, we've got more fans than you. As we came out the stadium, somebody shouted to us, yeah, where are they? The other two fans are over there. That's a, it's a funny joke, but it's, it's not that funny because we actually bought 3,000. So it's kind of like in your head, if you're thinking that, you know, that, that, that that's the case, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's not... It's not even funny, you know, but anyway, but, but maybe it's funny in your world. But I mean, anyway, Laney, so this probably is reflected by by um, commentary man, as we're going to call him now. Oxford commentary man. Is that is that is that what his name is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just uh, Starbucks dude. Yeah. <laughs> Starbucks fever. Anyway, look, you know, coming back to that Leeds match, you know, we've talked about that enough on that on, on on the pre-match podcast as we said you know um you know but the you know just just looking at that game quickly like i said to you just i want to look at that is that you know the strengths of leeds that they stole the ball a lot from us and they create goal scoring opportunities from long shot situations and on the flanks also they created opportunities uh and and from set pieces as well and they were strong at finishing you know that was a and then we stole the ball a lot from them we were affected at creating goal scoring opportunities from the flanks and we were also strong at finishing they unfortunately were aggressive, gave away a lot of free kicks around the box and were caught offside often. We also lost the possession a lot. We gave away a lot of free kicks around the box. So a lot of similarities between the two teams, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you can argue that two all was the fairest result. And like I said to you, if you check out the Weekend Review podcast and we did the fairness factor, uh, the fairness factor coming at 92 said it was actually pretty much a fair result, even though we were gutted that they scored in the 94th plus one minute. I don't want to say 95th because 95th sounds like really quite bad, actually, you know. So, but anyway, you know, that's the Leeds United game. We're looking at it from our eyes and listen to it from the fans' point of view. But what we're going to do, we're going to go over to a man who's been sitting in his room in his with his computers. He's been plumbing away and punching away and he's been getting the stats on that game we've got Will Alsop otherwise known as the spreadsheet winker and he's going to give us the stats lowdown on the Leeds game Spreadsheet winker so what do we need to know about the Leeds game then it was a game with three big chances and one tiny one Leeds ended up on 1.44 XG and Bees on 1.04. Leeds made two big chances of note in almost exactly the same spot on the pitch and scored both of them. Bamford's sickening 95th minute equaliser of 50% chance and Roberts' opener at 46%. Outside those two shots, they created nothing of note. It's all down to the Bees defending from crosses and set peaches, which both goals came from. We seriously need to improve against those deliveries if we are to stem the flow of conceded goals and we're averaging just under two goals conceded per game in the Alvaro Fernandez era. Fernandez himself had another good week for pass accuracy, 
beating David Rea's accuracies in short and long passes again. He also made four claims from high looping crosses, crucially important for smothering that threat. Leeds crossed the ball 28 times in the game with slightly below average accuracy. They were much more effective at getting goals from those crosses compared to, say, Everton, who crossed it 30 times without scoring. Interestingly, Everton did end up on a comparable XG to Leeds, so maybe allowing the opposition to cross, given that the average accuracy is only about 30%, is a deliberate tactic from the coaching team, considering that it's unlikely that the team is going to score. So there you go, Will Allsop, the spreadsheet winker. Talking about the Leeds match, and I suppose that sums it up. He, they, they basically created two chances, two big chances, two massive chances, but that's all they created all game, pretty much. So, yes, they got the two goals, and yes, you can be gutted, but the fact is that, you know, we have to look at our defence again and say, hold on a second, you know, if we, if we can cut out the two chances that, they, that, 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 that they're creating, then, you know, we're looking good because they're not creating much more than that. And, OK, there were two big chances, but, again, defensively, I think we all know this and we're not having to go at ourselves, but we just know this, that we've got the finger in the dam at the moment now. We've got our finger in the dam trying to get us to January. I, I'm, I, I've got no inside information, but I'll be very, very surprised if we're not looking at a, a right back or a right wing back to kind of get us through to the back end of the seasons an experienced right wing back you know somebody who's been there in the game you know and this is not a knock on Roslev this is not a knock on Canos but we've seen what Canos can do if we push him further up the pit, up the pitch and then Roslev is coming in and he's doing a great job but it's almost like Roslev will come in and do a great job if you know if he needs to step in and come in and do a great job you know because you know the, the main thing is that we want to we want to stay in this league I mean Laney your your thoughts Yes, it's difficult to, you know, you're right, we need to cut out, you know, and fine-tune the performance so we, we, we don't make the mistakes. I mean, asking players not to make individual mistakes is, is, is a, a basic request, yeah. Just don't fuck up. Um, to, to really fine-tune is quite difficult when, the, when, the, when there's a kind of churn of the, the, the formation, or sorry, the team's changing every game. Um, it's like if, it, if we had the same defence every every week and we were able to pick our first first sort of uh, our most desired um, rear guard, then I think you can you can fine tune. But when you're swapping out personnel and kind of changing systems ever so slightly, it's, it's, it becomes a bit more difficult. I mean, I'm assuming, <clears throat> not that I know anything, that you know, the ten days that Ivan Tony. Is 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 out for includes the Watford match. I mean, he, he may be back. I don't know. I don't know when the test was done. Um, I don't. We're, we're not going to get that information because obviously that, that gives Watford some sort of advantage, knowing whether he's going to be there or not. Well, it's interesting. Just quickly, you're talking about when it's going to be done because interesting news came out today that there's six Tottenham players who have now come down with COVID, and the question was, I wonder if they gave it to Ivan Tony or whether Ivan Tony gave it to them. On the day, I mean, again, we haven't got any thoughts on that. We won't know. I mean, there's somebody who sort of kind of quite facetiously said, um, you know, actually, no, we wouldn't have done because we didn't actually get anywhere near the Tottenham players on that night. But that's a different story altogether. Yeah, so you know, it's difficult to know what we're gonna, how we're gonna line up. I mean, I'm, my gut is it's going to be very similar to the Leeds lineup because it it worked. Um, we we did look good. We 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 looked dangerous. We're going to look better on our own patch. Um, and Watford. Pose different different threats to to uh, to Leeds United, um, so it, it's, it all depends on on who's who's available. To be honest, but yeah, I'm 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 really hopeful, mate. I, I, I think there are you know we as that was my main takeaway or my my conclusion to the to the 
post-match pod was the fact that there was more positives than negatives that come out of that Leeds game. Yeah, it wasn't an ideal last minute, but um, it, it showed that Brentford aren't down on on their knees in terms of like injuries and uh, energy. We we looked we looked right up for it, and, and we will be again on on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to just say as well. Obviously, there was change in players on the pitch, you know, and there was a change. I wouldn't say formation, but obviously we took this almost like the chess piece. You've take you take your players and you put them in different positions than what you would normally do. Uh, and the one one player I'd like to sort of kind of give a little bit of a tip of the hat to as well, because we spoke to him a little bit in the uh, the weekend review. But you know, I think just to talk about him a little bit more is Shandon Baptiste. He's been out injured for a long time. You know, he came back for a little while, then he got injured again. It was really gutting, and then we had no idea how long he's going to be out for. He's been working hard to get back into fitness, and he's finally come back. He's played his, uh, you know, game against Leeds United. He started the game against Leeds United, and he scored his first Premier League goal. And I thought Baptiste actually looked really good. He's the, you know, he's the type of player who is giving us a uh, options. He's, uh, he's he's giving us a sort of an attacking impetus as well. You know what I'm saying? He's uh, he's, he's giving question marks to the defence. So the things that he's doing on the ball is giving question marks to the defence, which was really good. And I thought Baptiste had a really good game on, on Sunday. Did you, Laney? Yeah, I, I've liked him every time I've seen him play. Um, you know, we haven't seen enough of him since he came from Oxford. He's, he's been plagued by injuries. Uh, so he's not, he's not had a consistent run. Um, so we don't really... We've not become really familiar with him, have we, to be honest with you. We're still kind of unsure what kind of midfielder, attacking midfielder he is. But, you know, I, I thought going back to the pre-season friendly up at Old Trafford, he scored that absolute worldie, didn't he? Um, and I, I, that, I thought, set, set his stall out that he was... He is Premiership quality, um, and I'm just, I'm just gutted that he got he got injured at, uh, at West Ham um, because uh, you know it's, it's just a stop started, and it's and it's it is as hurt us, it's hurt him, and it's hurt us because you know we've just we've had to shuffle all the time and, and getting that midfield energy levels right, stopping uh, Premier League top top players kind of like boss in the midfield. I know we you know we sing the praises of Norgard and Yanelt, but we do need that sort of driving forward, um, that pace, the power, you know, that Josh De Silva has as well in abundance. We've missed him as well. It's players player opposition players can't they, they hate it when, when they're ran at with power and strength and speed and uh, you know Baptiste is someone that, you know, is He's a, he's, a, he's a cracker so yeah I hope he starts again against Watford and I hope he can have a consistent run for a you know from here on in yeah and also another player I want to just give props to as well only because like I said to you listen we've been talking about bringing in a, a, a right wing back but saying that Roslev you know on, on, on Sunday as well I thought he had a good game as well and again he also caused some problems for the Leeds at, uh, defenders as such you know he's that type of player and I thought you know you've got to tip your app to Roslev you know because it's about being part of a squad and you know whether or not you start the team or whether or not you come off the bench we want to get to the stage where we've got players who are coming off the bench you know it's like when you know when Liverpool or <laughs> Man United bring players off the bench you think wow that bench is like a really strong bench so it's being part of a squad so I think you know have Rosling going on there and having a great game actually bodes well for the future because whatever we may do in January he is obviously still very much part of of of, of our team and going forward and and us being a strong side isn't it yeah 100% he's really he's a really understated um, he's not. He's, he's not in your. You know, you, you may not draw 
a lot of attention, but he's capable of so much. You know, you, who 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 of us is ever going to forget the playoff final against Swansea and that incredible run um, and the pass that led to the to, to the second goal, Marquandes' goal. You know, it, it, he's he is capable of so much, and he, he he does get but he gets does get behind. He gets to the he does get to the byline, and he's he's constantly he does win quite often those little tussles that allowed him to sort of break free into the area. Um, he's only going to get better, and he's still very, very young. So yeah, he's very much part of uh, the Brentford squad. Um, and if we do bring someone in, that doesn't mean it's curtains for him. You know, we are going to have to rotate and use different players. And um, you know, I I think he's got a bright future at the club. Very much so. Indeed. And and the last thing I've got to say as well, which is very interesting, is I know we've been talking about Fernandez. Fernandez has been getting a lot of grief. From uh, you know, from fans, you know, because they don't believe that he's good enough. Again, it's I call it the Andy Sinton factor. When Andy Sinton uh, left Brentford and Eddie May joined Brentford, and he had the wedge like Andy Sinton, but he just wasn't quite Andy Sinton, and he got absolute dogs abuse from from a, a section of fans at Brentford who basically ran him out of the club, and he ran off to Scotland, and then he said, "Thank God, I'm in Scotland. I'm never going to see these Brentford fans again." And then we turned up going up to Falkirk and kept going to Falkirk and he goes oh no these Brentford fans keep following me all over the world but that's a separate story altogether which was quite bizarre but yeah the Sinton factor you know the same thing with uh, Fernandes you know who people are like you know he is not Raya Raya's a fantastic goalkeeper he's not Raya you know and he has made some mistakes but he's growing into the game but he actually got the who scored goalkeeper of the championship of the championship I still can't shake that off of the Premier League for November from what from what I can gather so his performances in November actually got him into the who scored team so he was the goalkeeper you know uh, no other Brentford players got into the team that month but he was the goalkeeper for the really? uh, for the Premier League yeah, for the Premier League for for, for 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 November so you know maybe, maybe the directors of football know something that we don't well, I think they know a lot that we don't know at the moment now so maybe we need to just give him a little so, rest and let him get on with his runnings who, who puts, who puts that together by the way well, it's a, what do whoscored.com is a, well, it's a, a site, it's a stat site which we actually uh, refer to quite a lot because you know it just yeah, delivers yeah. certain kind of information. What they do is that they accumulate the stores that they give the uh, players um, match on match. So every match they get them a certain amount of points, so every goalkeeper will get a certain amount of points on their performance, and then they put it together, average it out, and then they'll say who's got the most points. Uh, this person is going to be in this position. So they do that for all the players. And like I said to you, none of our other players got into the team at all. No strikers, no midfielders, no defenders, but um, Fernandes got into the to the team. So I, I believe it's the team of the month. I, I'm gonna, you might say it might be the team of the week, actually. If, if, I might come back to you on that one if I've made a mistake and I might have to check my sources as it is. I'll check it out and we'll come back to you in the Watford section of the game. But whatever it is, you can see I'm just trying to give him props so that everyone can actually kind of get behind their own player. But anyway... We're going to talk about giving props. We're going to we're going to go to you, the listener, and we're going to give you some props after I pop out, go and get myself a little beer, and then come back, and then we're going to talk about the support and the props and mailbox time. So we're back, and uh, just 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 coming back to that point there. No, he he did absolutely. Fernandez with six point nine nine was the goalkeeper in the WhoScored.com Premier League team of the month November 2021 fair play to him and he's playing in the same team as Van Dyke, as Kilman from Wolves as uh, uh, Alexander-Arnold from uh, from Liverpool who else is in there Conor Gallagher's in there as well 
Uh, Bernardo Silva's in there, 7.69. You know, Hotta is 7.64 is, is up front. Mo Salah. So basically, he's he's playing he's playing in the in the team. You know, he's got Dennis as well from Watford, who I'm hoping we'll talk about him later. Hopefully, he ain't going to score any goals on uh, on on Friday night. But we're going to talk about that. But he's he's in, he's quite he's in quite a hot team there, isn't he, lady? I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, all I can say is, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be snidey, but. I, I, how's how's that happened? I don't know, but but fair play. Um, um, yeah, um, hope, yeah. <laughs> I, I would if you'd have said if you'd have picked the goalkeeper of the month. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's hard. I'm not not doing backhanded compliments. Yes, well done, well done. No, You're not get, not going to get Phil to go out and sell him now, are you? For the January window, are you? Well, if if we can, no, um, <laughs> no. Just hope, hopefully that that form that um, you know we know he's capable of continues, and the, the form that we know he's capable of doesn't. If <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, we know exactly what you mean. But anyway, listen, we're going to just spend a bit of time just giving our props and giving our thanks to people that have supported us out there. And uh, people that have been chatting to us out there, people who have been messaging in to us, just to let you know, you can message into us. The easiest way we found out is actually going to the Besotted website, besotted.com, and there's a there's a form on there and just says, look, message us, just send us a message. And we get all these messages come in. We do get a lot of junk as well, so it's quite hard to sift through all of them. But, you know, I've had a bit of time out, so I was actually sifting through quite a few of the bits and pieces today. And I thought, I'll tell you something tell you something let's just just come back to people and let's just give them the props so i'm nodding my head to to the people out there so first of all I want to give props to anything is possible aip.media who uh you know a few weeks ago we were just having a beer with them and they said tell you what listen we really want to support you we love what we're doing we're all brentford fans here we're a creative agency on the south coast and just listen we just want to just want to support what you're doing so if we could do some fun things together over the next few months we can do so like i said to you anything is possible aip.media just check them out they're a good set of lads and lasses on the south coast as well also want to give props to the francis man tony francis as well who has been supporting us big time as well thank you very much for your support you're welcome to come on the podcast anytime come to our events or we'll see you down the pub and we'll get you a beer as well so the francis man as well very enterprising he'll know what i'm talking about there actually i'm being a little bit coy a little bit coy like you know i'm saying very enterprising the, the the francis man but listen thank you very much for your support as well also we we do ask people to send us their reviews in on itunes we actually don't actually ask them to send us their reviews because we keep forgetting like you know but we actually thought oh a second uh, please send us a review so we actually got a review we got we got we've got our first review for months on itunes actually and uh, i was just going to find it from andrew gatland he went ubies can't live without this podcast keeps me right up to date with what's going on thanks and that's it, the the Gatlin. So listen, five-star review. So listen, give us a five-star review if you think it's worth five stars and just write a review for us on iTunes and apparently goes all the way up the charts. We'll be talking about the charts a little bit later because uh, it's really, really, really good. So just write us a review on there as well. Um, also, like I said to you, you know that you can buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer as well. And we really appreciate all the people that have actually been, well, supporting us and buying us a beer. And the thing is that the, the, the Kofi site that we use, it can be better. All I can say is that it's useful for us. It can be better. It doesn't necessarily alert us when you've actually kind of uh, bought us beers and stuff. And we've actually written back to a lot of people, but we don't actually know whether or not you actually get the messages through the Kofi site because uh, that doesn't tell us that you've received it. We don't know if it's got your details and no one 
ever comes back to us so we thought tell you something better for us to just drop you a line here and give you a big up down here so i'm just going to go through some names people like the hook b het williams vicky p thank you very much as well katie j mandy andy the norwich fan ian who said he's demos mate like you know pete herman uh the dorking bee as well uh drew jardine we've got andy even the norwich fan as well you know um clive kev wisniewski ray dave and the ml the west london bee dave gentford jack leslie woodcock madraka bee dave york bee graham and simon thank you big up yourselves for all your support and there's more people as well i'm sure down the line i've just been trying to drag as many as i can do as well like you know and tell you what you know the what is quite amazing and and this is the thing that has alerted us we got a little message last night as well and the message went ping straight into the inbox and the first time we've ever actually got a direct message and uh, it was from atlanta georgia from kej and she said like so many others i started following brentford after the win against arsenal my circle of friends is centered around atlanta united and I know all about Atlanta United because, you know, I talk about MLS every now and again because I know quite a bit about the MLS and I know that they had a really terrible manager at Atlanta United. He was Dutch and we won't go into it much more. He was Crystal Palace Dutch and they got rid of him in the end because he was rubbish, you know. So Atlanta United have been underperforming, as we'd say in our XG things. But anyway, but with that, I was introduced to the EPL. Um, we call it the Premier League over here just to let you know but that's all cool folks told me to pick a team just like they'd done to to be fair they were huge fans pubs at 7am to watch every match no club was appealing then Brentford came along I've only been to the UK once but next time I'm there I'm going to get you a real beer and that's from Katie J thank you very much Katie J for all that which is all good like you know um are you are you quite stunned by kind of internationally where where we seem to be reaching Laney I love it, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's really good. And what, what I quite like is it seems to be the ones we're attracting are kind of like-minded people as well. I think there's, there's certainly something about our club and it's, and it's kind of DNA that kind of, you know, it goes across barriers. It transcends, you know, borders. And, you know, if people are getting into the club um, through you know subscriptions to the the EPL um, anywhere in the world then when we're standing out above the normals then 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 so be it you know it's, it's great I think yeah and I, I, you know she's 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 very welcome um, to join the Brentford family and uh, yeah the more the merrier mate indeed and of course you know this Kate if you're coming down to Brentford you're going to be more than welcome to come down the bit to come down the globe and we'll buy you a beer or if you come to an away game you'd love the away games if you can get a ticket I'm sure you'll get a ticket if you if you come up if you come all the way from Atlanta I'm, I'm sure we'll find a way of getting you a ticket for an away game so uh, which is all good but come over you'll have a proper laugh I could tell you that much as well and also Connor there's a Connor as well from Vermont have you lady do you want to read the, the Connor message as well because he's uh, yeah from Vermont Hey, yeah, Connor from Vermont. Yeah, hello, besotted. Just wanted to shout my thanks to you all from wintry, cold Vermont, USA. Up into Vermont. I found an interest in watching EPL at the start of the season and happened to be introduced to the league by a Chelsea Brentford fan and Ted Lasso. Of course, Ted Lasso always had to come into it, didn't he? Yeah, my host grew up in the in Hounslow and went to both clubs growing up, so both Chelsea and Brentford. He's feeling a little torn now that both his teams are up in the PL. But I took a liking to Brentford because they were up for their first season in the EPL, just as I started to get into watching. My six-year-old daughter is also into Brentford and is having a ton of fun. This weekend, she wondered if 
and Bumo were sad because his buddy Tony was ill. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I was even happier to find a fan-led podcast that brings as much fun and heart to my ears. And in a place where there are few EPL fans and even fewer Brentford fans, basically just me and my friend, it's nice to hear the thoughts and vibes of the bigger crew over in the UK. Appreciate what you guys are doing and it's a lot of fun to listen to. Cheers, Connor. Come on, you bees. Well, come on, you Connor. Brilliant to have you on board, mate. Nice one, Connor. And if we're in Vermont, we'll definitely go and check you out. So, like I said to you, and just coming back to giving the props of people like Vicky P, Billy and Laney, the beers are so long overdue. Listening to your latest podcast and a reminder that life is short and we need to embrace each day prompted me to get these beers bought. So, thank you for your time and passion. Thank you, Vicky P. Like, Cheers, you know, Vicky and P. tell you something, thank this you. was nice. Andy, the Norwich fan who wrote to us after the Norwich match, I've always enjoyed my visits to Brentford. Such a weird day today, given how much. Sorry, such a weird day today, given how things have played out. I feel bad that our first win this season is against a team I admire. That seems that this is the least I can do is to buy you a beer. So up the beers, OTBC. So uh, Andy. They, they beat us they took three points of us then they bought us a beer so uh, you know, manners geez, that's manners. right definitely manners like you know and uh, D- uh, Pete Herman the Dorking Bee has been reading the fanzine and listening to the pod from the start it's given me so much pleasure over the years keep up the good work so like I said to you which is all good it's really weird because like I said to you we keep saying this there's so many people that just come up to us literally out of the blue like I said to you I was just walking down the, by the, the, the quayside in, 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 in Newcastle and the amount of people that just came up to me with the, the missus there and my kids and going look thanks very much Billy great love the podcast you know so uh, it's good to cool. know that you're there because like I said we cannot see you when we're sitting here in front of the microphones we don't know that you're there so it's great that it's going around yeah. the world Hook B I mean he's there all the time Hook B love the podcast and the work that you do keep up the good work you know thanks very much Kev the Wiz Kev Wisniewski Kev Wisniewski over in America um, he's in. He's. I think he's in Nashville. My favourite Premier League podcast. Great work, Billy and Two. I love that. Actually, he lives in America and he says it's my favourite Premier League podcast. I'm feeling Ooh. that vibe. Clive says, "Keep up the good work, folks." UBs as well. Like I said to you, lots and lots of support. Hopefully, we've given you. Listen, all the shout outs that we can do as well. But we, we just thought to ourselves, we thought, tell you what, these these people are are coming from all over the world. And, uh, and listening to us from all over the world. So I might throw a little bit of a, a, a little quiz in there for you, Lainey, in, in, in a bit Ooh. of a second, actually. And, and oh, I know you like a bit of a quiz. Oh, don't I love you? a quiz. I yeah, love yeah. quizzes. So yeah. I'm going to throw the quiz in a little bit of a second. But what I'm also going to say just quickly is you can email us via the website. There's a form on there and you can email us anything. And we just thought there's quite a few people have been actually emailing us and asking us questions. And we thought, tell you what, if people want to ask us questions, if you want to, throw them in and we could see if we can answer them or get them answered as well, because that could be a nice little part of uh, of the podcast. And uh, Ben Parkhurst, I know he emailed in a, a few weeks ago as well, but he, he, he asked a question wanting us to discuss this on the podcast, which we may do in the new year. He said, should we be concerned by the direction of the B team? Um, he says, look, we love the TB team. We know a lot about it, but we were talking about it a lot less recently. And then he said, should we be looking at the fixture list? Because recently we've been playing the likes of Fisher Athletic, Woking, Dulwich, Aldershot and Eastleigh. Even though we did go up to Cyprus uh, fairly recently 
to uh, to play matches out there. But he's sort of saying, you know, has it lost its way a little bit and do we need to look at the redirection of it? Maybe do we need to refocus on that? So that's something that he's thrown into mm. the pot that he thinks that we should discuss. What do you think, Lane? Because we were all over the B team about what, three, three, four years ago and especially, you know, with our links with Rob Rowan at the time, we had a lot of information about the B team and we were at games, you know, we flew to Dundalk mm-hmm. to go and see them play all over the place, like, you know. And okay, yes, I did go to Fisher recently to go and see them play. I'm going to go and see them play in Hanwell in a few weeks' time. But, um, I mean, with all due respect to Hanwell and Fisher, it's, it's very different than going to Dundalk, which was a fantastic uh, night out, like you know what I'm saying, and maybe we need a few more of those night outs. I mean, what's your thoughts, Laney? Yeah, no, it'll be, we'd have to do a lot of research on it, um, and it's something that I'm, I think it's a great idea that we do look into. Maybe it's something that when, when you're actually in the Premier League, uh, the B team, is, is diff- it becomes more and more difficult to, to generate players that are premiership ready maybe it's it, it works best when you're you're not in the top flight um maybe you know the club are, i know the club are, they might may, may look back towards the academy route again i know we stopped the academy a few years back and there was a lot of brouhaha about that but it's been proved that it was the right thing to do at that time the club said that they would they, they would never rule out starting it again when we get to the premier league and that when is is now um, so maybe an academy um, system of sorts or a hybrid system between the academy and the B team is, is something that's the next step. But, you know, things change as, as we move on. Things, circumstances change, you know. It, it's, it's difficult to unearth uh, a 20, 20 goal a season striker that's, that's ready for the top flight in the B team setup. So, yeah, m- maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a really good discussion that we'll have in a, in a few weeks. Yeah, most definitely. So anyway, but this is the, this is what I'm getting most excited about, actually, Lady. We're going to do the Apple Podcast chart higher Ooh. or lower. Bruce Force, we're getting all Bruce Forsyth here. Higher, higher, lower, right, lower. And this is actually the besotted play your cards right. That's right. So listen, for anyone that doesn't know the rules, it's very very simple. I'm going to pick out a country with an an Apple Podcast soccer position. So what position you are in their soccer chart in the Apple Podcast well, iTunes chart. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out another country. You've got to tell me, Laney, if it's higher or lower in that country, okay? So let's get the music going. So we're going to start off with Denmark. We were 110 in the Danish soccer iTunes podcast chart, Laney. I'm going to ask you, in Ireland, were we higher or lower? We were higher in Ireland than we were in Denmark. Oh, the answer is we lower. 142 in Ireland. Uh, so you missed out on that one, Laney. I know. No, zero point. Zero point for you. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, Laney. New Zealand, are you going to be higher or lower than Ireland, which is 142? We're higher in New Zealand than we are in Ireland. You are correct. We're 96 in New Zealand. Up What's up eight places from the week before in New Zealand? Whoa, so we're up to, up to 98 in New Zealand. So I'm going to ask <laughs> you actually, Laney, uh, New Zealand in Switzerland, are we higher or lower than 98 in New Zealand? Oh, I'm I not so many expats. I'm going to go, we're lower in Switzerland than we are in New Zealand. You are correct, Laney. A lower 240th in the iTunes podcast chart soccer for New Zealand, Switzerland. Rubbish, 240. <laughs> yeah, we've got to, no Swiss. We need to, no. Yeah, no, it's no, no Swiss. Yeah, that's right, no. Hopschfisch, I didn't say. So, <laughs> listen, listen, this is hotting up now. You know, in Australia, are we higher or lower 
than uh, in Switzerland, which is 240. Or we're, we're much higher in Australia, surely, than we are in Switzerland. So you're thinking we're higher. OK, you're correct. 135 this week in Australia. We were actually down 25 from the week before. So 135 in Australia. That was probably the Liberal. The Liberal was probably on that one. That's right. That's right. So I'm going to ask you, in Great Britain, are we higher or lower than Australia, which is 135 <laughs> last week? <laughs> <laughs> lower <laughs> you say like eight, eight thousand or something like that <laughs> lower okay so you're saying it's lower you're wrong we are higher we were 82 last wow. week down nine places from the week before actually so 82 wow. in the charts last week Laney so uh, listen listen if you know your history so I'm going to ask you we're 82 in the UK last week in Cyprus were we higher or lower <laughs> in the iTunes podcast charts Oh, oh, a lot of forces over there. I'm gonna, oh, oh. yeah, oh, oh, higher, higher in Cyprus than we are oh. in the UK. Oh, lady, you were spot on. In Cyprus, we are higher. We are number nine in the Cyprus <laughs> charts last week. <laughs> are we gonna do a tour? We were down five, five places from the week before. We were uh, number four the week before in Cyprus, like you know what I'm saying. So we need to get a plane and go over to Cyprus immediately. Maybe, maybe it's all the Brentford. Pl- Maybe all the Brentford players who are listening to uh, maybe the teams that we played over in Cyprus or listen to thinking, what the hell? What the hell is this all about? So listen, listen, I mean, Cyprus at number nine. Listen, we're going to go for another couple here. See, see, you're doing all right, Laney. You're doing all right. I'm going to ask you, Cyprus is number nine. I'm going to ask you if we're the USA this week, uh, higher or lower? Oh, it's got to be lower because we get higher. If we get higher than fourth in the USA, I'm going to retire. <laughs> it's ninth, but this week, but yeah, no, no, you are right. 175 in the USA this week, but we did drop 43 places from the week Ooh. before. So you know, yeah, we're doing all right there. So I'm going to say to you, that's the final one. So oh, finally, let's going to go in this one, Laney. Whoa, which country should we go for? We're we going to go for uh, India. Mm. <laughs> higher. No, no, actually, no, we're not going to go for India. We're going to go for Chile. Chile, higher or lower than Chile? I know we're big in in Chile. Um, I'm going to go higher, higher in Chile than we are in America. You are correct, Laney. We are 91st, down one place from the week before, 91 in Chile this week. So that was your besotted pride of West London Apple podcast chart game fourth Bruce best Forsyth. in Cyprus <laughs> we are fourth best in Cyprus fourth best in Cyprus yeah, yeah. but anyway listen I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did we, you can see that we, we haven't had very much to do today so we just sort of figured we're just plucking I'm, them I'm, out I'm, the bag I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted fourth best in Cyprus I'm definitely with, the ninth, with the ninth this week we were fourth best last week actually yeah no yeah but I'm, I'm going to stick to the fourth we were we have been fourth <laughs> And I definitely think we ought to go there for a podcast early, early, close pre-season. Let the fourth be with you. Tell us something. Actually, maybe we should ask people if they want us to do a besotted Pride of West London Tour. podcast, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, away day podcast in Cyprus, like you know what I'm saying. If, if anyone else would join us, if they'd come with us, it could be quite a good laugh, actually. Maybe you could sort of do it at the end of season or something like that. We will, we'll, listen, we will talk about that in the new year because that's something that, you know, yeah. we like a good away day, don't we? So any excuse to, to go somewhere. Don't, don't, don't buy us a beer, buy us a flight to Cyprus. <laughs> someone, two of us. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's right. But anyway, listen, we are talking about Cyprus. We are talking about funk. We're talking about, you know, the UK garage scene came out of Cyprus. And uh, JB, I'm sure that he was into UK garage before he really got into his <laughs> funk. So, 
<laughs> so we're going to go to JB to talk about a bit of UKG, a bit of facts, and a little bit of funk. Jonathan Birchall here again. The 95th minute Leeds equaliser doesn't distract from the fact it was the first time this season that we'd turned a half-time deficit into a result which saw us take at least a point from the game. By coincidence, in 13 of our 14 previous league games, the half-time position has gone on to be exactly the same as the result at the final whistle. The only other exception was Brighton, which was nil at half-time and finished as a 1-0 defeat. It was mentioned on the podcast before Leeds how players are now playing in front of such large crowds. West Ham, Newcastle and Spurs have all exceeded 49,000. And there is not a single season in our history where we've had three such sizeable crowds for league games. Spurs was our 14th league game of the season. And we'd had six players who'd started in all of them. Canos, Henry, Pontus, Pinnock, Norgard and Tony. To have that many ever presents at this stage of the season hasn't happened since the year 2000. And only six times previously in the last 50 years. And for Sergi, who also started at Leeds, it's the first time he has started in 15 successive league games in his career to date. So there you go, JB with some UKG, some facts and some funks. Can you listen to me and JB on the Weekend Review podcast? The first time, JB's always refused. He said, no, you guys, you just do your thing. I just like doing my facts and my funk. But we twisted his arm, you know, this uh, Monday. We said, JB, we haven't got anyone else to do the podcast. Could you do it for us, please? And he goes, okay, then. So he came on and he really enjoyed it. And it was good to have JB on for a whole sort of 50 minutes rather than having his sort of one minute, two minute section. And uh, the one thing I was disappointed with, he didn't come out with as much facts and funk in that 50 minutes as he does normally in one minute so I'm just wondering what what do you think's going on there Laney? Um, I think he needs to re- rehearse I think he's, he's, he's I think it's more scripted his, his funk and his facts so but I, I've, I've I thoroughly enjoyed his, his company on, on Monday um, but I think you really need to hook up the uh, it's a Brentford thing track for him now rather than the uh, the James Brown it's a Brentford thing I could do that, but it doesn't actually exist. We'd have to make it, you know what I'm saying? So just yeah, give us a bit of time. I'll, I'll talk to my mates <laughs> down the studio over Christmas time and see if they can actually change It's a London thing to It's a Brentford thing, um, which will be a, a different tact on uh, JB's facts and his fun. But he's talking about continuity there, JB, because he's talking about the team that we have is, uh, well, it's continuity. We basically, we, we play the same team week in and week out, unless we've got COVID or injuries, which we've had to do. But normally when we play the same team, we can we help, we do very well so he's talking about that and he's also talking about large crowds I mean Leeds ironically we went to Leeds and 35,000 on Saturday and that's one of the smaller crowds that we're actually playing against isn't it lady yeah yeah tiny team (laughs) <laughs> they're just a, they're just a bust up in Wakefield um, yeah I know but I, no, I'm not going to get involved in knocking the Leeds support I mean it's, it is incredible Ellen Road you know it is it, it's undeniable you know it's, it's, a, it's a wall of noise and it's always great to, to, to witness that and uh, seeing seeing fans kind of in, in full voice uh, 
but, but just seeing seeing Brentford play in front of massive crowds and not seeing our, our players overawed is something I, I, I'm never going to get tired of either. Um, you know, we, we've, we've always said, you know, would we ever see this in our lifetime? And not only are we, we, we are seeing it, we're, we're looking pretty good most of the time. You know, it's, 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 it's not, it's not, you know, we can't expect to be top six, can we? Not like we are in, in Cyprus. Um, but uh, it's 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 something that I I don't I don't want to I don't want to end, Bill. I, I just you know I, I need a few more seasons of this, and just so the club can grow. You know, it's, it's we, we need to get to the end of the season, regroup, find out and learn lessons from from where we've where we've felt fallen short, and how we need to crank up the quality all over the pitch. So yeah. it's, it's 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 great to watch, mate. It's brilliant to watch. It is indeed. In fact, then just coming back to it as well, maybe we just need to have, um, maybe we put together um, JB with uh, DJ Steve's, right, you know, and grinding them lot, you know, and beats from Corrupt FM, you know, <laughs> and maybe they could do a bit of facts and funks of UKG and something then together, which is a, which will very much be a Brentford thing. But anyway, um, um, maybe we should move off this subject and we should actually mm. talk about the game <laughs> on Friday because we've got a big game against Watford on Friday that we need to get three points from. Ideally, uh, more to the point, we just need to make sure that we don't lose that game. So listen, we're going to go away, get another beer or two, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Watford. So Friday night, under the lights at New Griffin Park and on Sky TV, Brentford are going to be taking on Watford. So we're going to have an international audience yet again, because all around the world they'll be watching that match. Big match for the Bees, big match for us, big match for Watford. Match that we need to get some points out of so that we can make sure we keep our head above water. But Watford are thinking exactly the same. Tell you what, though. We're not going to talk about Watford at all yet because we're going to get some information from my man, the Rookery Mike. We used to speak to him a lot when we were in the championship together for all that short period of time. No, back in the day as well, we used to speak to him a lot before Watford went away and they left us. So let's talk to Rookery Mike from the Rookery End podcast to find out all we need to know about Watford. Hello, this is Mike Parkin from the Watford podcast from the Rookery End, where really we've been reflecting on... Uh, Watford's defensive woes, it's now I think 26 games since Watford kept a clean sheet in the Premier League and I think since Claudio Ranieri took over no team in the top flight has uh, conceded as many goals as, uh, as Watford. So yeah, it's been from the rookery end, a very defensive-minded podcast over the last couple of weeks but, uh, but there you go. We're in the Premier League, that's the, that's the most important thing. Like you guys, we were promoted last year and I guess similar to you guys we found it a, a, a funny season really probably even more so for me in a funny way because I was lucky enough to be at the games I worked for a data collection uh, company so I was at every um, every Watford game last year in fact the first Watford game I missed for a long time was was Watford Man United when we won 4-1 the other week and the, the, the last Watford home game I missed before that was another insignificant instantly memorable instantly forgettable game uh, when we beat uh, uh, Liverpool 3-0. So I believe there's people having a bit of a whip round to keep me away from, from Vicarage Road. But yeah, it was a funny old season, wasn't it, last year? I think uh, Cisco Munoz got Watford promoted. It wasn't really a surprise, I don't think. I don't think we celebrated as much as we might have done in, in previous years because they did a really good job of keeping what was a good squad together. And I think anything other than promotion probably would have felt like a failure and I know that probably sounds a little bit Bertie Big Spuds for a Watford supporter 
to, to be saying that, but they managed to keep together some really, really decent players to get us promoted back up. So I think it's really a sense of relief, perhaps, as opposed to celebration when we, when we got promoted back up. I think if we had we stayed down in the Championship, we'd have seen a lot of players leave and we'd have found it very, very hard to get back up. We know the finances are, are tough at Watford. Covid and, and relegation hit at the same time. So, yeah, relief more than, than anything about, about coming back up and having got back up. Uh, of course, it's been the usual Watford roller coaster. The first day we had that eye-catching 3-2 win against Aston Villa where we surprised everyone. We surprised ourselves, really, because the, the performance was so dominating, really. It, I think we took Villa by surprise and really swept them aside. It was 3-2, but two late goals probably put a bit of gloss on the, on the scoreline for, for Villa. Um, but then, I don't know. Since since then, it's been it's been really up and down. Obviously, Cisco Munoz lost his job after a really really lacklustre performance away at Leeds. We lost one 0 and at that stage, Leeds hadn't won the um, hadn't won at all. Uh, and Watford just rolled over and had their tummies tickled by a, a Leeds team that were really struggling at, at that stage in the in the game. So. Kel surprise, Watford lost uh, another manager, they got rid of another manager and I have to say, getting rid of Cisco, whilst people outside Watford might raise their eyebrows and ask, you know, what more do the Watford supporters want? He got them back up. We were outside the relegation zone pretty comfortably at that stage. Um, we'd won a couple of games, but the performances really under, under Cisco were looking increasingly clueless. The home performances in, in particular, the Aston Villa game, I mentioned aside, were really, really bad. We just weren't. We just looked. Uh, tactics were, were, were weren't really there. The the shape wasn't there. And we just weren't asking any op, uh, any questions of the of the opposition. It was a really sort of quite depressing um, state of affairs, really. If that can be if that can be said in the Premier League, obviously that's where we need to be. And I think a club like Watford and a, for a supporter of a club like Watford, we need to caveat that that obviously we're happy to be in the Premier League, but having got up. We wanted to be competitive, and sadly, under under Cisco Munoz, we we simply weren't. And it was just getting better and uh, better. That chance would be a fine thing. Worse and worse with each passing game under him. The players looked like they didn't know what they were were doing out there, and that was manifesting itself in in pretty poor performances and pretty poor results. So, no real surprise um, to see to see Cisco Munoz leave his post. It was a big surprise when the when the name was announced of the head coach that replaced him because what the the Pozzo family usually do is they act decisively and I think that's right. I think they have to act in in what they see as the best interest of of Watford Football Club. We're a small club with a, a lot of issues to to face. You know, we're only going to ever attract twenty twenty odd thousand because all the big London clubs are on our doorstep. So we we have to march to a slightly different drum and, and I think what they've shown themselves to be over the years and they've taken a lot of stick for it from people outside Watford is decisive if they've thought that the head coach isn't isn't going in a direction that they want to for, for this football club they don't dilly dally they they get rid and they and they act decisively and actually if you look at the the other clubs that are in and around the the relegation zone um, Norwich uh, and Villa who were, were struggling at the time. They both got rid of their managers. They did a little bit later. Perhaps Norwich might be thinking, well, if we got rid of Daniel Farker uh, a little bit earlier, would we, um, would we be in, in better shape? So whilst it is, you, know, you get kind of tired, really, having to defend um, the Gino Pozzo and Scott Duxbury for their, their decisions. But really, the proof of the pudding 
is in in the eating and what they've done for Watford is deliver some pretty decent run of time in in the Premier League. We've had a cup semi-final, a cup final. I'd rather not talk about the actual game and the result, but nonetheless, getting to an FA Cup final is no mean feat. And we've this is our sixth season in the in the Premier League under their stewardship, which is it's incredible for for a team the size of of Watford. You know, the town is it's about the same. Uh, size in terms of population as Colchester and if you would ask a Colchester fan would they swap with with Watford for what we've had over the past 10-12 years um, but to do that you're going to have to change the manager and take a little bit of flack from the sometimes ill-educated press I'm sure they'd um, I'm sure they'd take your uh, I'm sure they'd t- take that opportunity wouldn't they so yeah it's it does get tiring trying to defend it but it is what it is uh, and yeah Claudio Ranieri came in and Look, we're coming off the back of, you know, he's had six defeats in his eight games. Um, the two wins have been pretty eye-catching. We, we smashed Everton to bits 5-2 away from home. The first team ever in Premier League history to be uh, losing 2-1 with 12 minutes to go and win by um, three clear goals. So that's a, a stat that uh, you never knew you wanted to, uh, wanted to hear. And of course, the other win was at home to, against Manchester United. That signalled the end, the death knell for, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But there have been um, mainly defeats under Claudio Ranieri. There can be no denying that. The cold, hard stats bear that out. But what's been encouraging for us as uh, Watford supporters is that the performances have been really good. We've had a real nightmare run. We've had five games in a row, which have been Arsenal, uh, Leicester, Chelsea, Man United uh, and Man City. So a real, real tough run there that we're coming out the, the back of. And I think you could argue that we perhaps were unlucky not to get something out of the game against Arsenal. Um, Leicester, we were our own worst enemies with the defence. I mentioned that earlier, right at the top, that our defence has been shooting itself in the foot. And were it not for, for, for calamitous defensive errors, I think we really would have given Leicester a proper scare. As it was, we were never really in the game, went on to lose it 4-2. But the most exciting one was, was the midweek game against Chelsea, which you might, guys may well have seen uh, on TV Eventually, Watford lost 2-1, but uh, Thomas Tuchel, um, very, very honest in his, in his post-match assessment, saying they, they effectively robbed the three points, and I think all Watford fans uh, agreed with that. It was a really, really good performance from Watford, and they should have got something from the game. They really, really pressed Chelsea and, and made them look pretty average, I thought. They, they'd hassled and harried them into, into mistakes, and whilst... Watford's defence, there's definitely huge question marks over it. As you will no doubt see on Friday night, I think you'll have a good time. Whoever's playing up front for, for Brentford, obviously, there's some high-profile people missing. But I don't think that's regardless. I think you'll see just uh, how bad Watford's defensive issues are on, on, on Friday evening. Whilst as bad as we are at the back, the front has been uh, in attack. We've looked pretty exciting. Emmanuel Dennis is probably the one that's caught the eye of most people. Uh, goals and assists... Um, João Pedro has been um, been looking really, really good as well. The boy from Brazil, I think he's an absolute superb footballer and he's probably my favourite member of the Watford squad actually at the moment. Joshua King playing through the middle. First time in a long, long time that Watford have had someone that looks like a uh, a proper number nine. And Cucho Hernandez as well, who is uh, is really staking a claim for for a more regular appearance in the in this Watford lineup now that Ismail Assar is is injured. So whilst the defence is wobbly. Going forward, we look um, we look really, really good. So it's a tale of two halves of the pitch, if you like, um, when it comes to Watford. 
that of course leaves the midfield. We've got a little bit of experience in there. Well, quite a bit of experience in there actually. Uh, Musa Sissoko, of course, uh, most uh, famous for his time at Tottenham, but obviously he's had 70-odd caps for, for France. He's really coming into his own, really hitting his straps in this Watford side. He's been given the captaincy um, and week in, week out, is, is looking every inch the, the captain. He looks like a really canny signing. Tom Cleverley's in there as well, yapping around, doing what, what Tom Cleverley does, hassling and harrying. He's doing really well. We're not seeing 90 minutes from, from Tom, perhaps. That's a, a nod towards the, uh, the advancing stage of his career. But when he is on the pitch, he, he gives it his absolute all and is a, is a pleasure to watch. And Juraj Kutska as well, someone else with international experience. He's a, you know, the tough tackling midfielder. Um, so yeah, there's there's three real industrious, hard-working midfielders in there. But someone who's staked to claim for a more regular position is Imran Loser, the Moroccan international, signed for relatively big money in the summer and high hopes for him at, uh, at the start of the season. It's taken him a while to really to really bed in and really understand his his role within the side. But I think his him flourishing has coincided with this Watford side really looking like they're starting to know what they're what they're about. So. Yeah, reasons to be reasons to be cheerful in, in midfield and attack, but I'm, I'm going to get, keep coming back to it. The defence really is is bad. We're missing Francesco Sierra, probably our, our best centre back, the Chilean international. Um, so we've been having Craig Cathcart, William Truesty Kong uh, as our two centre backs. The latter uh, has really has got the footballing equivalent of the yips recently. You may have seen him duck underneath one and just let the ball through to James Madison at, at, away at Leicester. And since then, he's really, really struggled. So I wonder if we might see him drop out on, on Friday night. Danny Rose is an interesting one at left-back. Had an absolutely torrid time of it against Manchester City uh, at the weekend. I mean, most people would against Manchester City. I think we need to caveat it with that. But it'd be fascinating to see if, if Danny Rose um, holds on to his place for, for the game on, on Friday. So... Big questions, really, um, over what sort of Watford will turn up because whilst we've had this really, really tough run of games against the, the arguably five of the best teams in the division and they have shown decent intensity, what they can't afford to now is just think, right, we've got those arguably the, the toughest games of the season out of the way. Um, now we can get on with, with, with winning points because it, it just isn't like that, is it? We, Watford are, are going to be arguably find it harder because they're, they're such different games, aren't they, against teams like Brentford and Crystal Palace. You know, Brentford will be expecting to take points off Watford. Watford will be hoping not to lose, certainly away from home, and, and maybe pick up a point. So it's almost, they almost feel like a bit like cup ties. Um, so, and, and I think the fact that this one's being played on a, on a Friday night I think we'll add to that. It'll be a great atmosphere, um, another sellout at, at, at the Brentford Stadium, of course. Watford fans excited about going. End of the week, Friday night, and they'll be expecting to see their team uh, perhaps on the front foot a little bit. And, and yeah, just really, really looking forward to it. Um, by no means taking the game lightly, but what it is, what it, both the, the fact that the, the good thing about this game is that both teams will be looking to take points from it. And I think that's what makes it a a really, really exciting fixture. Quick word on Brentford. They've obviously done really well. Miles above Watford in the table and they're riding that wave, aren't they, of, of having, being promoted, being well run. Ding, ding, ding. There goes the uh, you know, well run Brentford. That had, uh, whoever had however many minutes that is in the sweepstake, well done. 
but they are, aren't they? You guys are just organised. You know exactly how you want to play the game. You know exactly what the sort of personnel you want in, in and around the the, uh, the team and the, and the club as a whole. The players know exactly what they're doing. They're committed uh, and they're into it. And it's just going to be an incredibly tough but hopefully exciting game. I really hope that both clubs can can stay up because ultimately in different ways both clubs can sort of confound their critics perhaps Brentford not not having a critical eye on them them too much because of that whole well run thing but still get treated with a little bit of a, a pat on the head don't you when you get when you get a decent result you know Watford know exactly the same thing viewed perhaps as a little bit of a curiosity and I just hope both teams can in their different ways uh, continue to plough their furrow in the Premier League. So listen, I've waffled on enough. It's probably time for kick-off already, isn't it? The amount of time I've taken up. Thanks ever so much for, for having me on. Um, cover the walls, I've got to say it, but can't wait for the game. Hopefully it's a good one. Cheers, guys. Take it easy. The Rookery Mike. And he's he's quite happy in some ways because, um, well, they, they score quite a lot of goals every now and again. And they've got players who can score goals not just one player, but two players, but they've got three players who are scoring goals. So for them, that could be a bit of a problem because we don't know who to watch. But we'll see how that work out because they're a little bit up and down Watford and we're hoping that they're going to be a bit more down than up on Friday night. But look, Rookery Mike's told us what the coup is, but we need to go back to our man Will, the spreadsheet winker, to give us the statistical lowdown on Watford. This is what Will has got to say about Watford. <laughs> So what do we need to know about Watford then? They've had very erratic form since Claudio Ranieri took over, creating more than 3xG on two occasions and less than 1xG on four. They either seem to smash teams like they did Man United or end up well beaten like against Liverpool or Man City. They're fourth bottom in the XG league, having conceded 7.2 more XG than they've created across the season. They have a similar-ish playing style in terms of passing to Brentford. The main difference comes in terms of the defending. They don't press anywhere near as much as we do, and they average five more shots against than bees do per game. They also attend ten fewer aerial duels per match than we do, and fewer sliding tackles as well. We suggest they seem to prefer sitting off defensively, so having fast attackers who run at the defenders, like Sergi and Brian, is an excellent way to give them issues. They've particularly struggled against high-pressing teams, losing out against Liverpool, Man City and Leeds since Ranieri took over, all opponents averaging less than seven passes per defensive action. Looking at this, our attack without Ivan Tony looks well set up to create big chances. We need to get right at them. So there you go. Spreadsheet Will, the winker. Watford. So Laney, looking at Watford... Seeing them, I actually don't know where this game is going to go. At, at one minute, I thought, tell you something, when we were playing like we were at the beginning of the season, Watford are coming up, I was thinking this one, as a home game, should be a home banker. Not that you're disrespecting Watford, but you're thinking we're at home and you know the way that we've played, it should be all good. But then the fact is that we've actually only won two games at home. The fact is that we've got a load of injuries. The things haven't quite gotten according to plan. The fact that Norwich have come down and they've beaten us and, you know, other teams have come down. You know, thinking, oh, no, what's going on here? So I don't know. I, I really have got no idea what to say. But listening to what Will has said to say there, you know, he's saying, you know, the fact that they don't really press 
and they and they and they struggle against the press and things like that. You sort of think, tell you what, we got a chance here. It's almost like we need to score goals. The fact that they've got really quick players up front, which is what they seem to rely on. So basically, they rely on their attacking force. They'll hit us. So back in the day, I would have said our defence could have handled that. But at the moment now. You know, with us letting in goals, I'm thinking, oh, Christ, they're going to hit us on the, on the, on the, on the attack. If we are aim, unable to stem it, they'll score goals. So we need to score more goals. So it, it sounds a bit like a bit of a Kevin Keegan game again, doesn't it, lady? Yeah, this, it, this, this is another anything's possible uh, match. But, I mean, from what I've seen of Watford, some of it before Ranieri, some of it since... They seem to struggle against, obviously, high-quality attacking play. I mean, you know, Man City should have been, like, five up in the first ten minutes. Liverpool absolutely blew them away in Ranieri's first game, wasn't it? Um, but they are capable, equally, of, of, of going hard on, on, on teams. You know, they, they had that huge winner, um, Goodison, uh, against Everton, and they, they turned that, you know... Uh, are not actually awful Man United team. I mean, okay, they're not they're not like the you know Fergie's European Championship team, but they're not you know they're still a, a cracking team. Man United, they they turn them over four two. So, you know, on their day, Watford are, are are more than handy. But we just we just got to go out and build, and we will. Um, and then I, I think you know that that's the kind that put them under the pressure that we we put put Chelsea under. I think we'll do all right. But there's no, uh, there's no love loss between us and Watford. You know, let's let's be honest with you. Watford were our big rivals in the mid to late seventies. There were there were used to be not so much half and half scarves. And we've said this story on on Besotted before. But there was people that used to sell Watford wankers scarves outside the ground. You could buy that, and you know just what it said on the on the scarf. And I'm just sitting here looking at the WFC forum. Um, and they absolutely despise us. Um, it says, uh, it says <laughs> this one here. I really, really hope we absolute trounce these <clears throat> absolute hideous club. Hope they plummet to obscurity. Um, the, the bees yeah, are. Is that, the, is that least formal or the? Or what no, form? no, 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 no. Um, like Brentford, love their old stadium with a pub on every corner. Cannot stand their manager. He's like the evil, ugly sister in Eddie Howe's Cinderella, an unlikable, um. <laughs> smug, cheating Cinderella. Uh, yeah. So yes. I mean, I'm, I'm just going through this. Uh, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that they are probably the most disgusting club we're likely to play this season, unless we unless we <laughs> so get the right. cesspit dwellers in the yeah. cup. So disgusting. Yeah, it seems to be like it seems to be like uh, like on repeat this this dislike of of Brentford by by our opposition, but hey, you know, it's quite entertaining. But the thing is, it's not because if you go to Norwich, if you go to Leicester, if you go to Liverpool, if you go to even Wolverhampton, who are very mannered up, you know, what I'm saying when we went to see them, it's not the case. And I, what I've noticed is that some teams like Leeds United, when it came down to it, and I keep going back to them, they were really they seem to get really up the hump because last season Leeds were. The, the team that all the pundits and the media were loving and they're going, oh, look at Leeds, I love Leeds, are oh, fantastic, they're going to stay up. And now what's happened is that a lot of the media, not all of them, are saying, I mean, you know, not all of them, but some of them are saying that about us. 
And I've noticed a lot of the fans are saying, oh, they all love Brentford, you know, blah, blah, blah. It really makes me sick, you know. Are they going to stay up without actually doing anything? Uh, surely they've got to win matches to stay up, blah, blah, but the media <laughs> don't think so. So th- I, think that's, I think that's something to do with it as well. And I think teams maybe like teams like Watford, yeah, um, maybe have got the same type of thing where they're thinking, hold on a second, we won the league last season. Why is everyone going about Brentford? Why aren't they talking about us? And, so, and that's just the question mark I'm throwing in, just looking at things around me. You spot on here, it says... It's a bit annoying how the media fawn over them. It says their manager, Lord Farquhar, is an annoying little rat, <laughs> but otherwise they'll be an unfashionable yet ambitious and well-run club, which is something to be admired for a club like us. So, yeah. yes, it's, it's kind of backhanded compliments rather than compliments. Lord right. Farquhar is an annoying Farquhar. little rat. <laughs> Thomas Farquhar Frank. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they can do. They can Farquhar talk. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe at 10 o'clock on Friday night, they'll be far quarrying right back to Watford, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, so far. But anyway, look, just coming back to the match, um, and uh, listen, Watford's characteristics, what are they strong at? Counter-attacks, they're strong at. Coming back from losing positions, um, creating scoring chances and protecting the lead is what they're good at. Where their weaknesses are, keeping possession of the ball, defending set pieces, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. They're very weak at defending against through-ball attacks and very weak against defending against skillful players. So, uh, Baptiste sounds like he's going to be starting on Saturday then, doesn't it, lady? On Friday, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it's, it's exactly the kind of game we need. Uh, real strength, real, real power, um, real, real skill, go, real goal threat. Yeah, yeah. We, we we need to be scoring and getting shots in. Um, I'm assuming the weather's going to stay pretty shitty all week. So. Um, yeah, we need to we need to pepper their pepper their goal with shots from all over the place and uh, big win hopefully. Talking about Peppa Pig again, like you know I'm saying, you should bring yeah. Boris back into it, aren't you? <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, so so that's it. So, I mean, we're looking at that from Watford. I mean, I'm going to ask you the question, Laney, because I mean, we're talking about the side and just coming back to it again. So it looks like you know, I I, I mean, Shandon Baptiste to me is going to start. Sergi Canos again starting up front, like you know, or, or you know, starting in the midfield as he did. Um, against uh, Leeds United I think is a must as well because he caused untold problems as well um, any, I mean any changes for, I mean I think you said that you thought it's going to just start with the Leeds team again is that what you're thinking? Yeah I mean you know I'm, I'm assuming that there's not a you know, miraculous Covid recovery that quickly it's normally 10 days isn't it so you know we have got Marcus Force to, to bring in he's, he's a real goal threat but I, I think the Canos and Bumo um Combination was 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 good. Um, uh, I, I, I don't see a reason to to to, to flip that out unless they want to, you know, uh, confuse Watford and, and and chuck another swerve ball in. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of my hunches will go similar, if not identical. I'm just think COVID is ten days, so there is actually no way that Ivan Tony could play because he played against Tottenham. I suppose he couldn't even say that the symptoms were, you know, happened on the Wednesday or something like that. So, you know, he's he's, so, he's yeah. fine by the Friday. It's, it's there's no way he's going to play in this game. No, is it? no, exactly not. No, no, hundred percent that. Yeah. So even if he wouldn't have been tested until the Friday, if if not the Saturday, before he travelled. So yeah, it's going to be ten days from there. So yeah, he's going to he's going to be missing. So it's, it's, it, then you've got the choice of whether you you play Mbumo out on the wing with force up top or whether you put Mbumo up top with with Canos out, out, out wide um, or or combinations of that I know I, I'm 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 happy for Thomas to experiment you know we have we, we have got 
fit options. There are there are players with 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 a lot of potential and a lot of a lot of energy. Um, it, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be uh, rude to to to. to just flip it up slightly, but I don't. I don't think it will be. It works. That we know that formation, and we, we're comfortable playing that way. No, just coming back to the defence just quickly because Watford. To be fair to them, you know, okay, they might be below us in the table. They might be in and around the relegation zone, but they've got three players who have scored. I'd say a lot of goals. You know, between them, Dennis King and Saar, you know, and we've seen what Saar's like, you know, he can put the old afterburners on as well, like, you know, and you've got King and Dennis, who, you know, obviously was in the November team of the month as well, so they can cause us a lot of problems, and especially with our defence being not as solid as it was a month and a half ago, two months ago as well, so we really need to be on the ball with this Watford team, don't we? Yeah, we do. Um, can't take anything at all for granted. Um, you know, we know this. We know this already. You know, the, the minute we start counting points as if we won them already, we lose. You know, the Norwich game. Um, we, 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 you know, we have to we have to learn from from previous weeks that you know if we're going to get anything at all, we're going to have to earn it. And Watford are in a fight as well. So you know, it's 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 going to be a ding dong. And but I, I think you know I, I think. We, we now know that we can win at home again, uh, and I'm and I'm I'm looking forward to a, an absolute cracker. Yeah, uh, you know, at least we, a point at least, you know, is, is is what we need. Indeed. So listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You know, we've been thick and fast as we say with the podcast. They're just literally we're just getting up every morning and we have to record again and record again and record again. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Keep listening. Subscribe to us, and the podcast will come straight to your device, your phone, your laptop, your wherever you're listening to us on as well so we appreciate that as well write us a review if you can do on itunes or wherever else you write your reviews on that would be very much appreciated as well buy us a beer on, on besotted.com forward slash beer like i said to you this podcast is brought to you by anything is possible aip.media and also like i said to you we've given you shouts for actually supporting us we really do appreciate all the support you've given us it's really good and we'll just carry on recording and we've got plenty more podcasts to come between now and uh, well the new year as well and we're gonna have a little special for you as well because we've got the podcast you know obviously the weekend review the the, the post-match podcast then we're gonna have a podcast next week for the Southampton game and then after that we're going to have our Christmas podcast and everyone always loves our Christmas podcast where we're going to get the besotted um crew in the pub we're going to be down the globe and we're going to have lots of beers and we're going to talk about all sorts of malarkey in the pub and have a bit of a laugh for the evening we'll put that out for some christmas cheer quick quick question quick question yes. before we yeah. go bill uh yeah. international break in march is yes. There? yes 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 there is um cyprus, <laughs> cyprus? listen we, could, we let's let's talk off air about that one i, well, I have a bit, just, i always have any, anyone in anyone any of our listeners that fancy joining us we, we could do uh we could do a you know a long weekend in Cyprus. Yes, yes, yes. I always have negotiations to do both international breaks because uh, November nas- international break is mine and my daughter's birthday, as you know, and uh, uh, and March is my my wife's birthday. So it depends on what games fall on what day and stuff like that. What I'm able to do, but anyway, we will come back to that at another time because you know I'm always up for an away day, Laney. But anyway. If it's not a Pride of West London podcast, like I said to you, thank you very much for listening. We are looking forward to the match on Friday. We'll see you in the pub on Friday. If you come down the globe, come and see us and we'll have a beer with you. We'll have a whatever else with you, as we say, because we're looking forward to get three points, as we say. Come on. Come on, you bones. Come on, you bees.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.